Oxenfree 2, Lost Signals. Easy on the wallet, but is it worth your time? We discover. In order to find out, here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome, absolutely, everyone, to Broke and Gaming. I'm your host, Shay. I am your other host, Dan, and boy, it's good to be back. We took some time off <laughs> because yes. of uh, some personal stuff, some work-related stuff, some travel-related stuff, some technological-related stuff. <laughs> but we are back to our, our regular programming schedule. And uh, we're going to jump right in to spooky season. We're going to be doing some scary games for for the month of October. But before we get into any of that, Shay, what have you been playing recently? Oh, so many things, Dan. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I wrote down the list. I actually had to cut it in half because of how long it is. Great. I texted you the other day about all these games that I was downloading from the uh, PlayStation Plus catalog. Mm-hmm. And I have just kind of been doing that for the last couple weeks is downloading a ton of stuff and just playing about an hour of uh, a lot of things. Yeah. So here's what I've brought to the table. These are some of the more some of the games that I've played a little bit more than other ones. The new Saints Row game was one of the free monthly games on PlayStation Plus, so I have yeah. been playing the hell out of that. Yeah. So let's let's get into that a little bit cuz that is one of the things that I've been playing. Yeah. What yeah. what do you think? It is perfectly serviceable and nothing more. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't think it brings anything good or new to what it is. Like it's fine and it, mm-hmm. it kind of scratches that itch a little bit, but like I don't care about any of the characters. Yeah. It's fine in the same way that Saints Row the 4th or Saints Row 4 was fine. It wasn't better than 3, but it was still like some things were fun to do. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, I mean, fine is probably the best word to use, honestly. Mm -hmm. So in addition to Saints Row, the game that I've been putting the most time into is uh, Sea of Stars, which, Dan, I don't know if you started that, but you know me, I love me a party-based, turn-based battlers. I have. (laughs) I think, is that in our price range? It's not. I have written right next to it in parentheses, if ever a price drop, we've got to cover it. So yeah. Uh, it, yeah, um, I think right now it retails for 30 or 35 but it's very, very good. I haven't had the capacity, I guess, to, to really dive into it, but there are certain things that remind me so much of, like, good SNES-era JRPGs, like a Chrono Trigger or a Secret of Mana, and I yep. really want to, like, dedicate the actual time to it. It's just not happening right now. <laughs> but yeah, it it from what I've played, it's so fucking good timmy and yeah. i were just talking about it this past weekend yeah i love it games that i don't love origami which is an attempt at a stealth puzzle game i guess stealth platformer maybe i don't know it's it's very jumbled in what it's trying to be and so i'm not having fun with that one because like when you're a stealth game and your stealth mechanics are not very tight it's not a good time yeah especially when like your ability to fight anyone is non-existent as soon as you're seen you know what i mean yeah that's the one that looks like it could have been a ninja gaiden game right yeah yeah okay it's i i don't know if it's bad or if i just haven't given it enough time but i'm i'm not having fun with that one so far 
I have three more here, Dan, and I'll run through them real quickly. Sure. Uh, Rebel Galaxy, which you and I talked about outside of the show. Hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I can easily see how I might get there, though. Yeah. So, we may I'm cover gonna... it, because it is within our price range. So I, yeah. I'll give it another go, but from what yeah. I remember, I fucking hated that game. <laughs> I'm playing a game called Battle Chasers Night War, which is another party-based, turn-based battler. Hell of a name. Right? It, it's got a lot of things that I like about it. There are some issues with character growth, but uh, the gameplay has been fun for me so far. Um, and then the last thing that I have is I've been playing a ton of Slay the Spire because, yeah. Dan, I don't know if you know this or not, but that game plays super well on a tablet. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that I game see on the that. tablet. So, yeah, I just bust my iPad out 15 minutes before I go to bed and do a level of Slay the Spire. Nice. So that's what I've been playing. But Dan, how about you? What have you been playing? The non-crossover stuff, I mean, a lot of it was testing stuff out for, for the show and seeing like what would be viable or what we want to subject ourselves to in certain <laughs> situations. Correct, yeah. But uh, one of those was... a. Uh, a weird little indie puzzler called Torkel. Uh, okay. Have you seen anything on the? Because it's it's free with PlayStation Plus. Is it? Yeah. I must I must have missed that one. It's it's not ringing a bell. Well, graphically, you're you are gonna <laughs> hate it. Like, there's no question. Fair enough. It's so pixely, but the mechanic in it is that each one of your buttons on on the controller your X, circle, triangle, etc., depending on the type of controller that you're using, corresponds to one of the sides of a square that your character is in. And it extends like a pillar out of whichever side you press. So do you mean mean the spiritual successor to Octodad? I mean, you're (laughs) not wrong in the way that it's just a pain in the ass to control. (laughs) Unbearable? (laughs) Like you roll the cube or well square because it's yeah. it's all 2d and then to like clear gaps you have to like hit the right button and then nope. it extends it yeah it's real hard and real just it the design of it is quap something do you remember that game yeah oh yeah <laughs> actually yeah that's also a very F- good comparison a fucking awful awful experiment <laughs> yeah so i i I'm putting my foot down on that one. We will not be covering that, which is the only Mm-mm. reason I'm going to talk about it. You would, I swear, Shay, you would hate it so much. Yeah. Oh my god. And like, I like an indie game. I like a, a puzzle game. This thing was fucking unbearable for me. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big ones. Some dumb mobile stuff. Maple Story apparently had. Do you remember Maple Story? No, I do not. So it was like a an early mmorpg kind of thing but it was built like a 2d platformer it was also a wild money grab for some people like (laughs) it was the first game i ever remember where they would like charge for cosmetic detailing like you could get do you remember the days of video gaming where that wasn't just standard yeah and i i kind of put it on maple story as as the reason this is a thing Ugh. Yeah, they they have a mobile game that I I kind of want to dip into just to see what it's like cuz I did play MapleStory and I did spend yeah. real world money to have a fucking wolf follow me around. 
but who didn't? I'm, I mean, I'm afraid of it, like because <laughs> I for don't that reason. I just I have no reason to spend real money on mobile games like that. Yeah, and no. I don't want to even be tempted by it. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's like Maple Heroes. I think if anybody oh. remembers Maple Story, fucking uh, send me an email. <laughs> So we can compare numbers of how much we wasted. <laughs> but, all right, we're a little rusty, but pretty sure that the next thing that we're supposed to do is jump into our game, which means we're going to start, as we always start, with our shortchange history. Today we're talking about Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, which is a 2023 narrative exploration game developed by Night School Studios and published by Netflix Games. We covered the first Oxenfree game way back in our fourth episode, and since then, Night School has become the first company acquired by Netflix Games. In July 2021, Netflix hired former EA and Facebook executive Mike Verdu to be the VP of Game Development, with plans to release their first batch of games as early as 2022. Along with Night School, Netflix also acquired Next Games, Boss Fight Entertainment, and Spry Fox Studios, as well as establishing in-house studios in Helsinki and Southern California. Hey, Shay, did you know that if you're a Netflix subscriber, you have access to a whole bunch of games? I've never seen it advertised anywhere. You can... Correct. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Dude. Like, you can go to the Netflix site on on your... laptop or whatever and there's a thing for netflix games and it gives you like links to download free stuff for mobile or you can play in browser i didn't know this existed at all this is one of those games i believe i i think you may be right it it is a couple games that we've covered for the show Mm -hmm. but so that's a fucking thing at any rate (laughs) uh so so today's game is on there but otherwise oxen free 2 is available currently for the playstation switch pc and mobile platforms not Xbox, huh? Not Xbox. That's interesting. I agree. All hmm. right, Shay, would you like to tell us what the game is actually about? Sure thing, Dan. In Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, you play as Riley, who has been hired by, I believe, a university research lab to investigate some strange signals on the harbor that is adjacent to Edwards Island, where the first Oxenfree took place. Over the course of the night, you and your partner Jacob traverse the island, setting up transmitters to block out a portal in the sky while squaring off against three local teenagers who want to bring about the end of the world. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that they know that's what they're doing, but Correct, that is definitely yeah. the potential result. Yes, that makes it sound like these teenagers are much more sinister than they are <laughs> when... <laughs> really, I think I think this girl is only after like a nice afternoon with her dad or something like that. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's uh let's get into that because I, I do want to cover a lot of the story, but I don't want to get into spoilers so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This series is fucking great. I really enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed this one. Hey Dan, how scared were you when you found out that Netflix Games was the one publishing this? Incredibly. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. was so worried about the quality drop. I was so worried about corporate oversight. Like, I didn't know if they were going to let them make the same type of game as the first one. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen time and time again where, like, an IP will get taken over by a bigger company and, like, the quality just drops because they're just about pushing it out and making money. 
Yep. I'm so fucking relieved that didn't seem to be the case here. Like, overall, it does seem like a shorter game than the first one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like it was a, an appropriate length anyway. But, yeah, so as Riley, uh, you meet up with another person hired by this research firm, whatever they may be. And what were your impressions of Jacob right off the bat? Because you, you had mentioned <laughs> to me directly... <laughs> But I want to see if that had, how that's evolved. <laughs> I thought Jacob was so fucking dull at the beginning of this game. He just chattered on and on and on. And it was like, dude, nobody asked you about any of this. Yeah. And now you're being a little invasive into, I guess not my privacy, but my privacy is Riley. He's just like, this is the first time they've met. Well, I guess not really. But like, this is the first time they've kind of spoken or interacted. It's, basically. it's vague. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he fucking stalked her in the hallways in ninth grade or something like that, but... <laughs> not super wrong. Uh, yeah, he just did not strike me as particularly interesting or somebody worth spending the entire game with. He felt like the quintessential fifth wheel in a sitcom type situation. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like where he clearly has a crush on the on the main character of the the show... Yeah. And just like awkwardly bumbles his way through conversations. Right. I thought he was well written in that regard. But yeah, at first it's like, God, fucking shut up. We just have this job to do. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, can you just be a professional for a second? Like eventually, yeah, I kind of warmed up to him as I kind of experienced Riley's perspective of things. And like, eventually I was able to kind of see myself in a position where you have a choice to kind of tell him a big secret later yeah. on in the game. Yeah, yeah, And I definitely found myself in that moment being like, of course I would tell Jacob. You know what I mean? I did the same thing. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I made the same choice. Yeah. And and it wasn't even like a question. You know what I mean? Like at that by that point, I was like, oh, Jacob's my friend. Like I'm definitely going to tell him. Right. He does have like a crush on, on Riley for sure, but he's not like a fucking creep about it because yeah. he's a grown up. And that was, honestly, I mean, like, I know that this is such a low fucking bar for men, but, like, it was so refreshing to not have to play as a a female presenting character and have to, like, you know, choose, are you going to be Jacob's enemy or are you going to fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, I fucking so agree. Yeah. Because even, I mean, and this is not totally spoiler stuff, but, like, I, I don't think there's a situation in which they become a couple. Mm-mm, like, no. I don't think there's a an outcome, regardless of choices made, that, like, they become an item. And that's great. Like, the fact that there's not a, a romantic undertone at all, really, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only even hint at romance comes from that one character that I was talking to you about that you have over the radio. Yeah. And that's, uh, romance is a stretch for that. But I, I think the, the apex of Jacob and Riley's relationship is that the, the trophy that you can get for them. Yeah. The, the one on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And so yeah. well written. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought this about the first game. And I, I feel even more strongly about it in this one. The way that it's written is so natural. Mm-hmm. Nothing, like everything seems like a real conversation yes. right down to the interjections. The fact that you can cut characters off depending on the choices that you're making still feels like incredibly natural. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how they pulled it off 
I've never seen writing like this in a video game for sure, but like even in TV or film, like it's not this crisp a lot of the time. Yeah. It's unbelievable what they accomplished. Yeah. They feel like very grounded, real characters through the power of these little snippets of conversation that they have. And none of it, none of it feels stilted or like for a dramatic effect or like nobody's, nobody's throwing out a Schwarzenegger line. No. In a, in these games. You know? And if it's done, it's, it's an intentional tongue in cheek thing. Like Jacob right. does make stupid comments occasionally. And then he like immediately understands how yeah. dumb that thing was. And he's like, <laughs> wow, I, uh, oh, I'm real sorry about that. Which is yeah. great. Cause that's how people are in real life. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, they carried this over from the first game as well. You have the option of not saying anything during those dialogue trees. And rather right. than having it just be something that hangs in the air and waits for you to respond, they'll just carry on. And they'll yeah. take that as a, all right, they're ignoring me. Yeah. Again, fucking amazing. That's so yeah. such a cool mechanic if that's the way you want to play. Like, just right. completely non-conversational. It, I, I love that. So you had mentioned some of the characters on the radio. And they did a great job with this as well in this installment. This wasn't really a thing in the first one. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple different characters that you can interact with strictly through the radio. What did, how did you feel about all of that? I feel like in the second game, the tunable radio, like the FM radio that you have yep. to deal with the portals and shit. I feel like that was not nearly as significant in this game. And I feel like some of that was pulled in favor of walkie-talkie conversations, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I felt a little bit of a disconnect, though, because I feel like what shined so brightly in the first game mechanically was all of these radio puzzles, and they're they're kind of not really there in this game. Yeah. But and like I said, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know that this game needed all that, but it just felt like they had sacrificed the radio parts for the walkie-talkie bits. So that was my takeaway from from that. That's fair. I think Nick, in particular, was such an interesting arc to play through. Yeah. Uh, and just having those conversations with him throughout the night. And, like, again, that's, it's it's a testament to the, to the writing. Because, like, after a while, I was like, you know, whenever I would do anything, I'd be like, oh, I got to check in on Nick. Like, how's Nick doing? You know, got to make sure Nick's okay. Did he make it back to the fishing post? And so that was, I mean, just another hook into like myself into Riley. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had learned while preparing for the the episode after I completed it, how many characters I feel like I missed out on. Yeah. Like I definitely didn't do anything with the Hank portion of the game. Oh man. Can I tell you how fucking angry I am? about that so to get hank's trophy i did literally everything correctly except i didn't make fun of him in one of the responses that i had about trusting me to get him information okay so like i did i got the you know the item that he needs at a different part of the game i went all the way through i fucked around with his his emf detectors that changed the time in that particular rift and did all of that fucking fumbling my way through the dark because I was like, I'm not going to look up any guides for this because I don't right. want to spoil anything. So I did all of that shit. And then I had that last conversation with him. And I was like, should I not have given him that item now? And so I, I finally caved and I was like, how do I get that trophy? And it turns out that there's like 
the last dialogue option that you have with Hank, I picked the the middle option and it was the one to the left or something That's like that. It was really so silly. angry. <laughs> All right, fair enough. There was also the thing where like a guy yeah. contacts contacts you about a backpack and I don't I don't think I got yeah, that one at uh, all. Like just at random, some guy was like, Hey, um oh wait, I think it was maybe Nick. I think Nick was like, hey, I left a backpack somewhere. And then it just, like, doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I definitely did not find that backpack. Yeah. I don't know how that affects anything. Yeah, no, it's. I definitely remember that. I do, I don't think it plays out much further. I'm going to replay this for sure. So, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll report yeah. back on that. But you are right, though. The FM radio, it's not quite as robust with the amount of things that you can listen in on. But the ones you can, uh-huh. whew. <laughs> There is some Fucking real chilling, weird dude. stuff. Yeah, really. That guy calling the baseball yes! game? And then just... First off, did he not sound like Anthony Birch? <laughs> he kind of did, and you had you had texted he me. He sure fucking did. You had texted me, like, yeah. Anthony Birch sighting, and I'm like, I don't I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, no, the, fir- the first time he pops up on the radio, he sounds exactly like Anthony Birch, and then later on he doesn't at all. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I immediately texted you, and I was like, Anthony Birch sighting but that was incorrect yeah but as that progresses and he just starts going into like a weird loop about like standing in the rain and oh yeah oh so good yeah the music is whatever like as far as the radio stuff is concerned i will say i did miss from the first one and it kind of comes back but in a in a way that doesn't matter being able to tune into channels at certain locations to get information about the location yeah. It stinks that that didn't really carry over in the same way, but... Yeah. I don't know. Which was probably good for my mental health, because that kind of shit will drive... Like, literally, that probably would have tripled the playtime that I had logged into this, and it wouldn't have been an enjoyable time for me. Yeah. You know? Just knowing, like, if at any point I stumbled across a hint about an area on the radio, I would then, spe- like, obsessively move from one platform to the next and just tune the radio back and forth. That's and true. And drive me insane. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm I'm not necessarily disappointed that that's not in this game. But, yeah, I do, I do think that the... I miss the radio a little bit. Yeah. And not even, like, so much so that, like what it lent to the game but just like the i feel like they had so many more channels in this game and just a lot of dead air well you also got the full range a lot sooner yeah going from the fm like just standard fm radio to that full like military grade bandwidth like you had that so much sooner and they really didn't capitalize on it like even the puzzles that have to do with the radio like to your point as far as like tuning into the actual like rifts and anomalies seemed a lot easier like you could just yeah. hold until you saw it go red and then backtrack a little bit like it it, it yeah. wasn't as finicky and that was probably like a note that they had gotten because there arguably were people like you that were like i'm trying to do this i'm standing in this right spot what's going wrong so they just over yeah. corrected i feel yeah because I, I did have the same problem. I don't know why I'm putting that on you. I definitely had that same problem. <laughs> you had mentioned it first. Gameplay-wise, not too much to talk about here. Yeah. The puzzles are, I think, a lot easier overall. Mm-hmm. The only one that's a little bit challenging are the, like, four-axis thing when you get to those televisions. Or, no, the, the those weird machines where you had to, like, make... 
them create an object out of the the radio waves. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. It was just trial and erroring, brute forcing. Yeah, but like weirdly, they put like a sound to indicate that you were getting closer. Yeah, and it it wasn't really accurate, or at least it like it wasn't guiding you really in the right direction. I agree. Because there would be two areas where it would get higher pitched, indicating that you were closer, and they were opposite each other, and only one of them was right. So, like, why is it screaming at the other side as well? It was just, right. I don't know. I, and they didn't, it I wasn't like, you're trying to make a cube. You're trying to make a, what, like, it was, right. figure it yeah. out, just motherfucker. flip switches until you see a yeah. shape. Yeah. I didn't love that. Yeah. But, you know, there are certainly worse crimes in a lot of other games especially yeah. puzzle related correct yes i don't know you have any other specifics you want to discuss before we get into pros and cons um how affected do you think the horror elements of this were since we are in spooky season i i don't know it it definitely was not nearly as creepy as the first game was yeah because i think part of it is that we're we're a little used to the effects of mm-hmm. the canalilla victims yeah and so i guess because they didn't like really ramp it up too much which is good i don't know i feel like any further down this path and it starts to get more silly yeah then i i totally agree with that so i think i think kind of refocusing onto the human characters i i say human you know what i mean but like the character growth of of riley and jacob and the teens on the island i i think was a better move than trying to like up the ante on the ghosts yeah and like the big thing that they added as far as the mystery almost horror but not quite was the time jump element mm-hmm. i don't know how specific i want to get here but there's a a lot of sequences that have to do with what riley's potential future is mm-hmm. and that was really cool heartbreaking man in some cases extremely heartbreaking yeah but because of some of the choices that you can make it isn't necessarily her actual future which is it's complicated Mm -hmm. like they're man the writing it's just it it all comes down to the writing it's so 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 Mm -hmm. solid the the discussions about riley and her father and their issues and then actually getting to see dialogue even though it seems like it's a dream sequence being played out Mm -hmm. like that was all fantastic i man oh man I mean, I guess we could just go ahead and say that's our first really big pro here is the writing is just stellar. Yeah. I can't think of many more examples of emotional, natural, poignant writing than than this series so far. This is just, it's it's kind of in a league of its own. Yeah. A big pro that I have for this game, this is like a weird thing to kind of verbalize, but like, you know, I've complained a lot in the past about how speech bubble or like response bubbles will say one thing and what the person actually says is very different than the tone of what's in the speech bubble this game did a really good job of not necessarily cutting out that issue but they were very consistent in how riley responded to the point where like i could read a response bubble that said like sure and know that she's not going to be a dick if I say this. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, sure, it's just going to be, sure. And then, like, the tone of the response bubbles was very learnable, I guess, from her responses. Yeah, I would agree with that. They're well summarized. 
mm-hmm. in a consistent manner for sure i i agree yeah i think a, a pro for me is the overall vibe i think they between both games in the series i think they've done a really good job of setting a specific tone that's easy to get immersed into mm-hmm. with kind of minimalist effort it's not like everything is like creepy and foggy and it's not like there's like always this 80s style you know slasher film soundtrack that other <laughs> games do hinge themselves on it's all so subtle mm-hmm. and, and just i think masterfully done what do you think yeah i agree with you i think the setting was it different enough from edwards island but still held the same kind of you knew you were in the same region like yeah but like you were also not in the same yeah. region you know what i mean like it was distinct enough from edwards island that you were in a different place but you were still in the same series if that makes sure. sense you know what i mean like this was definitely an oxen free sequel but in a co- totally different place mm-hmm. do you have any cons we, for this game dan I, I was just thinking that i don't know that i have any specific cons i mean i could mention length but like i i do think at the at the end of this it it makes sense for it to be as long as it was especially because i kind of think like these two games could be played back to back right if you watch you know a film series and you're like i really want to watch the first one to gear up for the second one yeah i think that's this is the video game equivalent of that both of these can be played as a pair and you're just kind of tacking on a new experience to something you already love if if this is your cup of tea Plus, that length kind of does lend itself to the potential for replayability. Well, hold on. Hold your horses there, Dan. I know. Not there yet. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually did. I had written down a bunch of cons as I was playing through the early stages of this game. And then as I was playing through, a lot of them just kind of naturally transformed into pros for me. So, Do you have another example of that? Well, so I had written down initially that this second game feels a lot more like a guided kind of straightforward story it is more linear yeah yeah than than the first one but i also think and i kind of touched on it when i was like they didn't you know i think it was a good thing that they didn't try to ramp up the ghosts or anything like that i think they really did a good job of of then shifting that focus into the characters and putting more emphasis on like time travel rather than like dimensional portals you know what i mean because I think that both games have this kind of theme of the terror of existence. And they told they both told that story in like similar but distinct ways. Wow. Okay, yeah. I think that this game did a really good job of focusing on unknown possibilities in the future, where the first game focused on unknown repercussions from the past, you know? Yeah, and then both kind of touching on like it it's hard to just be a person right now like Mm -hmm. forget all that other stuff like just existing currently is is tough right now tack on all that other yeah actually that's a great point yeah so like i said that was initially a con for me but it kind of morphed into a into a pro as i was playing through the game jacob was another example of a con that turned into a pro i i cannot stress enough how (laughs) disinteresting he i found him in like the first hour and a half to two hours of the game yeah but but yeah again like i said he he turned into a shining spot in this game so cool all right we ready to do this 
You know how much I love throwing numbers, Dan. So let's do it. Up first, does it work? I have no complaints. Because it's it's relatively simple gameplay and more about the narrative aspect of it, with the minor issues as far as those puzzles are concerned, yeah, no, this works great. That's a full point. Yeah, easy peasy. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's a little bit more straightforward than the first game is, so the control schemes for it are also more straightforward and so like it doesn't really need a whole lot more to work uh so yeah easy point here yep speaking of easy points dan is it engaging my god yeah no <laughs> so good absolutely easy point so good even ancillary characters they make you care about with i, I it's it, it amazing to me because you're you're right nick is a standout Mm-hmm. And it's just a voice over a radio. You never yeah. meet them in, in person, but just these discussions you have and really actually giving a shit as to whether or not he's safe out on that boat. Like it's right. that one little aspect alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. The interactions you have with the kids, the interactions you have with Evelyn over the radio and, and what's going on with her sister and all these, like it's so good. Yes, yeah. Full point. Yeah. Easy peasy. Moving on. <laughs> Does it look good? So this actually has a slight graphical upgrade from the first game. They made them more clear 3D models. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that actually affected it, but I am I would say that the first one looked good. This one also looks good. I have zero problem giving this a full point. Plus the environments are, are all really well done. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, they did a really good job of like putting you in the region like you're you're in an oxen free game right yep. but it's it's not the first one you know what i mean and so uh, i think there is a easy point there as well yeah is there replayability this is an emphatic yes from me this series has kind of now made it known that like you're gonna want to play this more than once we're gonna give you some big tentpole options and they do that really cool thing where you get to see what percentage of other players did certain actions. Yeah. I love that. I love that Telltale would do that. And it does make you want to take the path less traveled in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So yeah, full point. I'm definitely playing this again. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a point. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I could. I know the hesitation is partly based on the fact that I know you haven't completed it yet. The Big, big ones are coming up, and I feel like that's going <laughs> to seal the deal for you. Well, so here, here's the thing, is that, and this is really my only hesitation in not giving it a full point, I don't love when games tell you how long to play them. You know what I mean? And I've, you know, I've verbalized that on this show before, but sure. I don't I don't think that this is quite the same. Like, you, it's entirely up to you if you want to play again. You know what I mean? The, I mean, the emotional hooks in this game alone will probably make you want to play through it again but yeah i mean my like like i said my only hesitation to get on a full point is that you know you kind of have to play it again so um but yeah i'm i'm still gonna give it a point here just just for you know dog petting alone yeah (laughs) all right dan is there a story that's the easiest of peasies yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely there's a story it is all story and it is a great story so yes full point i wrote down that this one i think is a lot more of a visual novel than the first one yeah 
which is hard to do because the first one was like threaded such a fine needle of that it did but i feel like that had a, a bit more of a choose your own adventure aspect to it than just straight up visual novel yeah yeah you're right about that yeah but still all right dan our final big five point question is it worth the cost so oxen free 2 retails at 19.99 that was its debut price uh this game is only a couple months old now we bought it basically i i pre-ordered it and i never pre-order games <laughs> and i think at 20 dollars, it's real close to a five mm-hmm. i think because it feels like such an extension of the first one i don't mm-hmm. know that 20 dollars is exactly the right price i'm gonna give it a four mm-hmm. i loved this so much but mm-hmm. it is a sequel and it's not a sequel at the same time it's kind of parts of the whole yeah you know what i mean yeah these will almost certainly be bundled at some point um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and depending on what the price is for that i would highly recommend it if you can get these for less than 20 dollars a piece as -hmm. a package deal Mm -hmm. a thousand percent that would be worth it but just as it stands right now 20 dollars just a little bit steep so I'm, i'm gonna go with a four yeah, I think the video game industry has kind of spoiled itself into making us think that $20 is like, you know, because it's not 70 this is a really good price for a video game. Right. And I don't think that's true for many of the games that yeah. they put out there at $20. This is close. This is real close. It's like so you said. close. Yeah, if I could, I would give it like a four and a half, but can't do half points here. So four points from me as well. Is that a hard rule, by the way? Not doing a half. A half we have point to. On, we have to draw the line these? somewhere, right, Dan? I suppose that's. I mean, yeah. Do I we? Guess. Do we? Do we? You're I right. don't know, because you know what? I'm kind of tempted. We're gonna maybe the new year we'll bring in some uh, some changes to the scoring system, but for right, right so now, this may be a tentative nine point five. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's going to put our final scores for today. Nine points from me, nine points from Shay. We absolutely do recommend this. And as noted in our, our short change, if you have Netflix, if you are a Netflix subscriber, or I don't promote crimes much anymore, but if you have like someone else's Netflix password, this is definitely you can play a these games should, uh... <laughs> for free. Yeah, exploit this crime. Yeah, if you can, do it. Yeah, there's uh, like 60 or so games on the Netflix games site. Wow. These being two of them. I mean, not even close to this quality in a lot of cases. We will go over this in our in our own time because there's some real dog shit on there. But (laughs) these are both great. Moonlighter is one of the ones that are on there, which we both Mm, loved as well. And I would absolutely recommend people try. But yeah, fucking they're already taking your money might as well get some games out of it but yeah i i feel good about this this is a cool way to kick off our spooky season and god i'm really curious to see what they do with this series going forward we mentioned this in the first episode but there is an adaptation in the works through netflix obviously with Mm -hmm. at the time we are right now there are still strikes going on in the film industry but as far as i know it has not been canceled Mm -hmm. any of these projects and I'm pretty sure it's going to revolve around Maggie Adler, who I definitely want to know more about. Like, they've peppered in information about her 
over the course of both of these games, you actually do sort of talk to her in this one. And fuck, it's I love this. I got to be honest with you. I think a Maggie Adler TV show is a lot better of an idea than a Maggie Adler centered game. Oh, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. So I'll be excited to see that. Yeah. But Dan, regardless of numbers, is this a game that you would recommend? I absolutely would. Yeah. Yeah. The series as a whole. The game they put out in between, which I think we had mentioned that it was out in the first Oxenfree episode, but just for due diligence's sake. They also released After Party in, in 2019, a game that I played and forgot existed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. It was a similar type of game, but it all takes place in hell. Mm. Yeah. It's more tongue in cheek. It's more whatever. It's. Do they it's, have the line in it, Dan? Do they have the fucking line in it? The line? The no. line. No. Is it dangerous, Dan? It. They did <laughs> you don't not. bring people with you? <laughs> they did not. It's or much... this damn sword? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Actually, you know what? That ties in great. Because, uh. <laughs> hey, Shay. <laughs> while, we're, while we're here, do you, uh. You want to play a game? Dan, use cars to build the most efficient race car with me. I would love to play a game. That's fantastic. By the way, what? What? <laughs> that is a game called Heat, which is a kind of like a deck building racing game. Uh, it's okay. very, very cool. Lex and I are actually about to record an episode about it tonight. So you'll see that right in a couple on. weeks. Excellent. The, yeah. All right, so games. <laughs> Oxenfree is a game that focuses heavily on things like alternative realities and playing with memory. In oh. our real lives, people have identified a phenomenon of mass misremembering, which is referred to as the Mandela Effect. Since video games have been part of our social conscious for a little over a half century now, there are several examples of the Mandela Effect in some beloved games. For example, many, many people remember falling off the rainbow road in mario kart 64 right mm -hmm. yeah here's the thing though rainbow road has a rail in the <laughs> n64 version it is impossible to fall off the rainbow road in the n64 version how about that so that's the kind of thing we're going to be discussing today and based on what you were just talking about with it's dangerous to go alone how about we start this off with <laughs> a couple me. of quotes from some games sure so we'll start off with your favorite game, and I would like you to complete this off-quoted line from Skyrim. I used to be an adventurer like you. Something about my knee, there's an arrow. Yes. All right. Can you give me the... Okay, so I'll give you two options on this one. Sure. Is is it... Because you're, you're right, but it's the specifics. Yeah. And then I took an arrow t in the knee, or... And then I took an arrow to the knee. I want to say to the knee because I feel like I see in the knee online more. But I, I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure. I think to the knee. It is in the knee. And ah. it's like a weirdly misremembered thing because I've seen it in memes where it says to the knee. Like in my brain, that makes more sense. This is one that I've absolutely fallen for. Yeah. But this, this effect, by the way, affects me every single time I think of a press release that I think I've seen on Twitter. Go on. 
<laughs> so uh, every time you say something like, oh, this song was, one of these songs was in Death Stranding, for example. Yeah. I think to myself, didn't I just see a press release about Kojima having breakfast with churches or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is so, not outside the realm of possibility either way. So if you're confused on what this effect is and looks like, just listen to any of the games we've played on this show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, do you want to do another line or do you want to do some other ones first? Whatever you want to do, Dan. I'm going right. to get zero points on this quiz. So, Well, since, since there's not like a whole lot of interactivity in choice or anything like that, how about I give you the topics and you can decide between them. One okay. has a visual, so we're going to save that one for last. Okay. I've got a question about Donkey Kong Country. Oh, fucking lead with that one. I don't know jack shit about that game. Okay, great. Super Mario, the original Super Mario, and Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh, boy. Uh, let's do Donkey Kong first, although okay. not feeling great about the, That's the fine. other two. <laughs> All right, so the Donkey Kong Country sequel is called A, Diddy Kong's Quest, B, Diddy's Kong Quest, or C, Diddy Kong Quests. Gun to my head, B, I think. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> so, for the most part, I'm going with ones that I absolutely have fallen for or remember differently. Sure. There is no doubt in my head that it was Diddy Kong's quest. Like, possessive of the character, his quest. Yeah. But it's Diddy's Kong quest. And I don't... Huh understand how that's possible <laughs> i yeah. owned this i played it a lot i beat it multiple times it's You're like i'm staring at the cover right now it says it's uh, the apostrophe quest in a, in a different place <laughs> uh no but that's a point yeah absolutely and all right well done <laughs> that was a guess dan hey to be honest with you <laughs> i thought the sequel was called donkey kong country 2 <laughs> So <laughs> it is, but it's Donkey Kong Country too. Oh, that's a subtitle. Okay, Colin. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> so it's D, and you're also right. Yeah. Good. Uh, all right. You I wanna... feel a little bit better now. Cool. <laughs> Pokemon or Mario? Let's do Mario. All right. So this is another one where you're going to complete the line. Okay. Now this happens at the end of every world, at least the first seven worlds. Uh -huh. In the original Super Mario Brothers game. Okay. Thank you, Mario, but the princess is in another castle. Thank you, Mario, but your princess is in another castle. Thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. Better not be your fucking princess. That's gross. Our? That's the... Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is that. I was... I didn't know there was more happening there. No. No. <laughs> no. Yes. It is our princess. I'm just princess. glad that it's not your princess. That's... It's all of our princesses. Yes. <laughs> the royal hour. <laughs> yes, our princess. That's two points. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Up next, we'll do the Pokemon one. Sure. In Pokemon Red and Blue, Psyduck is what type of Pokemon? Are uh... they a... What? I mean, yeah, if you want to answer. Oh. No, I'll take options. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, though. You got it. Is Psyduck water, psychic, or water and psychic? Such a dick. Uh, I don't know. Water and psychic. 
he or they or what varies i believe dan yeah they they do have i mean not in this one they were all neutral gendered the entire time in the first one because you can't breed them i don't think oh yeah that wasn't until like the second or third one where they uh, nidorino nidorina and those progression lines were the only ones that had genders in the first series for whatever reason yeah but never been psychic they can use psychic attacks for some reason they're called psyduck <laughs> they are strictly water and have only ever been water hmm. how about that this is kind of a dual mandela effect thing because people misremember that double classifications started yeah. in a later generation but charizard is from the very first game fire and flying yeah and a bunch of people are like no everyone had one and that's it but you know whatever so yes read it, it and weep that's right suckers <laughs> so yeah just the water type all right and for our final one this is going to have a visual component which we will put up in our instagram when the episode is posted shay yeah. which one of these pikachus is correct uh the one on the right no 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 of course it's not the one on the right <laughs> <laughs> do you want to describe just... to the listener what we're looking at yeah, so it's two uh, completely identical Pikachus, except the one on the left has a large black stripe at the end of its tail, and the one on the right has only yellow at the end of its tail. It's it's got to be the one on the left, huh? I'm gonna stick. With, I'm gonna. <laughs> Which could it be? <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the one on the right because that's what I said initially. But I guarantee you that that's me misremembering that po- that Pikachu. So, no black stripe on the end of the tail correct but similar to the black stripes on the ears yes yeah you're correct there is no black stripe on a on a pikachu's tail oh how about that yeah this is again one of those things where in fan art and all these other things they've done has this black stripe and no one knows exactly where this started or came from obviously there is the similarity to the way the ears are tipped that it might be the same with the tail but somebody found like a very brief clip of the anime series where there's a shadow cast on Pikachu's tail that makes it look like it might be a black tip. Mm -hmm. But then as it moves into the light, it goes away solid yellow. That's the only thing we can really think of. Is that from that little motherfucker doing iron tail all the time or whatever? That's a, yeah, that could be (laughs) because it kind of has an ax shape at the end. Like when it's like that, that's not wrong. Loves doing Iron Tail, even though he can Thunderbolt his way out of literally any problem, but sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's three points for today, Shay. (laughs) Hey, that's a home run, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm thrilled. And we want to make note, in our last episode, in what ended up being the most extravagant thing I've gotten for Shay as a prize for points totals, Shay got themselves a new tattoo. I did, and it will be going up with this episode. It's had a weird healing process, which is why you <laughs> haven't seen it yet. But hopefully on when this episode drops, the tattoo will also be uh, accompanying it. That's right. We want to thank Carissa Stitt from Prevenia Tattoo for coming in on her day off to do the, the tattoo for Shay in the limited window from when they were up from Barbados. I'm so happy with how it turned out. Our art designer, Fisher designed it for shay and it looks so fucking cool 
Yeah. I was also told I'm not allowed to get the same thing. <laughs> Thank you, Fisher. It's okay. I'm, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but that's going to just about do it for us today. As always, you can follow the show on both Twitter and Instagram at BNGPod, where we post sales that you should be aware of that we call cheap codes, as well as custom artwork for every episode. If you want to share the show, you can do so with our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash bngpod. And if you want to follow us on Twitch, where I will be getting back into every other weekend of streaming, you can do so at twitch.tv slash bngpodcast. And if you miss the streams, you can catch all of them over on our brand new YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at broke gaming podcast. And if you want to send us an email for any reason, you can do so at brokeendgamingpod at gmail.com. Seriously, if you have any other Mandela effects that are video game related, send those our way. If you spent, I'll say, in excess of $50 at any point in time on MapleStory, send us <laughs> the receipts. <laughs> I swear, like, I feel like MapleStory was much more popular than I knew, or alternately... Nobody else knows what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. It's Dan's gonna be one or the other. Yeah, I made all of it up. <laughs> Could very well be. Everything's a fugue state. All right. Yep. Hey Shay, what are we playing next time? Next time, in anticipation of Halloween, Dan will be playing a little game called Secret Neighbor. So make sure you tune in for that. It's boy. Yeah, this is gonna be an episode. It sure is. <laughs> I don't like this series. Ugh. <laughs> it's going to be fine. This one's co-op, right? I believe some so. co op stuff? Well, yeah. maybe, maybe that'll make up for it then. Who yeah. knows? We will all find out together on our next episode. But until then, goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>